Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something you think is overrated, Dahlia? Um, I think that sleeping in the same bed as your romantic partner is overrated. Mm. Um, I say this because um, I told my partner like right pretty early into our relationship that this is what I require, that we have like separate beds, separate rooms. Um, and I know sometimes people wind up in that situation like after they've had a fight or they're relationship has started to dissolve or whatever but i was like i want this from the start i don't understand why like being in love means you lose 50 percent of your bed that's i don't know if this is just like <laughs> i'm a light sleeper or i'm an only child but i'm just like i think everyone else is weird <laughs> and i i'm like i know our situation is unusual compared to everyone else but i'm like no why are you doing this <laughs> like so for for you you do you just don't want a seed bed any bed I, I don't want to share. I, right. I just, I'm like, <laughs> sleeping time is for me. I don't know. I have, like, I was, when I was still living alone, I got a queen bed because that's how much space I want. Like, I want right. to be outstretched in, like, a star shape in the center of my bed. And, <laughs> On like, your back? Just, yeah, yeah exactly. just happy. Right. Like, bed yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a queen. And right. I just don't think that that should be taken away from me. I don't. Like, I don't know if under if do people understand like sex doesn't have to be it doesn't have to happen like in the as same you're place. going to sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know why these things are combined. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's like so, there's something culturally. I think we saw like grandparents do that with like the separate beds. And like, I remember mm -hmm. there being like black and white TV shows mm -hmm. where you would see it and people are just like, well, that's for prudes. Let's uh, <laughs> It's moving yes. to the Brady Bunch How do you era. Fuck from that far away, <laughs> right? Huh? But I'm like, I want my own room, not just my own bed. Like, I right. need my space just to be me. <laughs> and I definitely have read like research that says that that is like a more progressive or like a a great way to um you know keep a relationship healthy and spontaneous. especially yeah like. If you're saying, Dahlia, like, if you are a light sleeper, there's nothing that will get you more off of your shit than, like, not sleeping restfully that you'll carry into the next day. Because, like, at my house, my partner, Her Majesty, she likes to have all the fucking pets on the bed. So I <laughs> sleep in these contorted positions where pets occupy the negative spaces that I am not. <laughs> and sometimes, like, but then I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to disrupt the little cat right now. <laughs> So I don't want to move my arm. And then I'm like fucking myself over. If I had my own bed, wouldn't happen. Starting to think I might be coming it's... around to this. I'm a real pioneer. Yeah. No, for real. That's, yeah, that's like, there's all sorts of like whack things that are like really good for relationships, like seemingly whack, like uh, scheduling, like intimacy, being like, all right, it's Wednesday, eight o'clock time for our right. Like weekly uh, cuddle sesh or whatever. Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, th this is definitely a, a good one. I've I've been struggling with uh, a similar thing, but with kids. Uh, my wife likes to have like doesn't mind when the kids come into our room in the middle of the night and come snuggle. 
and then I just get kicked to the fucking curb. <laughs> your back spine just yeah, back yeah. kicks like motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. bad I just news. think there's something to be like we love each other, and I want to keep loving right. him. And I I think there's something to be said for just kind of like maintaining a relationship with yourself while you're in a relationship. Absolutely. I mean, credit credit to you for knowing what your needs are and communicating them up front clearly from the beginning, which is what most people do not do. And then they end up being resentful. And like, why'd you break up? It's like, I should have just said we needed separate beds from the jump. Yeah, but I yeah, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I just I just realized it sounds like I'm just alone in my room jerking off all day, but that's not what I meant. I like What are I you just... doing in there? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Getting to sleep. Where's that USB charger? The one, that, the, the one that for that package that came that had the very vague label on it. No. Okay. Are you like an affectionate person though? Like, are you? That doesn't mean because I think a natural conclusion would be like separate beds. Like, what? No touching, no hugging. Right. No, I am. I like cuddling. I'm a cuddler, but I'm like, there's a time and a place, and yeah, it's not when I'm sleeping. Like, yeah. right. Get your arm away from me. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what is something you think is underrated? Looking like shit is underrated. Like, what's up with, like, on Instagram, like, all these things to make you look better and stuff? Mm. Like, I had a week last week of looking like shit, and I was so fucking happy and giggly, (laughs) and it was just... (laughs) Giggly? <laughs> like looking in the mirror, like, ooh, I look like shit today. <laughs> you are not- Damn. <laughs> Yo, who's that? I have, I just got this haircut, which is kind of a mullet, which is cool when I like, you know. Yeah, it looks it good. Like no, it's punky. I like it. Yeah. But yeah. if I don't put product and stuff, it just sticks <laughs> straight up. I look like Eileen Warnos type, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's Eileen Warnos again? Oh man, please! Uh, she, uh, Charlize Theron played her in Monster. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She looks a disaster. Give and me the Warnos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I looked like that for an entire week, and that was my giggly week. And my husband was like, "Yeah, you know, you don't like you're not trying, but but you're happy. <laughs> it's like I can't look at you, but." <laughs> <laughs> but it was great it was my favorite week in a long time yeah uh it's empowering yeah. that's why i think yeah i mean i feel like i'm hoping that there's something about fashion that changes as a result of us like taking you know a year plus of not having to dress to impress that like if there's another like a movement that comes out of it called like shit wave Right. <laughs> like yo, he's shit wave. You know I, mean? I mean, that's what normcore is, isn't it? Like that's when I went to Berlin, it was like people try to look like shit. Right. Yeah, but now I think it's gonna be like it's more it's like jazz, baby. Like there's right. no rhyme or reason to it. Like you gotta come out just feeling playing your own comfort tune. first. Yeah. yeah. Just out with a comforter around you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just wrapped around your head. So. Or like if it's raining, you wear one of those translucent like uh, bags. Your sheet sets come in just on top of your head, like that's your umbrella. You're like, oh man, look at that shit wave umbrella he got. Uh, uh, I love you guys. I mean, are people re- are people going to be wearing like uncomfortable clothes again? I can't imagine like wearing a like 
I mean, I guess there's still people who are wearing suits to work and shit right now. Which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Why, who wears? I don't know. I mean, is there? I mean, personally, is there anything that you've looked at your own clothing and said, you know what? Now that th through this pandemic, I'm never wearing that again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I have. I, I, I dress so I dress so comfortably in general. It's more like. I'm only gonna wear like these three hoodies now forever. <laughs> <laughs> not the uh, not the scratchy hoodie. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Not, not long ago, it was my sister's birthday, and I don't know what happened to me, but I bought her this like vinyl dress, and wow. when she opened it, I saw it in her face, and I said. Why the fuck did I buy this? <laughs> and we just all started crying. <laughs> I was like, you're never gonna wear that. And she was like, never. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, like latex. Be... Like <laughs> Yeah. And the worst was I also bought her to wear with the latex dress this like heavy gold chain. <laughs> <laughs> You just have a very specific vision for your sister that she, yeah. <laughs> she hasn't quite realized for herself yet. Yeah. I But like, I feel that like when you're giving a gift, like it, it's like watching a movie that you recommended with someone you can't fully appreciate. Like, <laughs> like you, you start feeling like insecure about it. And like, that's when you really have an idea of it. Like, I feel like a gift. I don't, fully like understand how good or bad the gift is until the person's about to open it. And then I'm like, oh, right. shit, yeah, <laughs> right. oh, they're going to oh. fucking hate this. <laughs> totally. Just so nervous yeah. too. Right. Or like you're kind of putting it together at the zero hour. You're like, Oh, actually no. Fuck that. Oh man. Oh, you're, oh wait, fuck that to your gift. Yeah. Yeah. Actually don't open it. Don't open it. No, it's it's so true though. I got my friend. We had a gift exchange for Christmas, and I got him a set of Fraggle Rock stuffed animals. I mean, that's good to me. It does, but it's like he just moved into a new nice apartment, and they were like <laughs> large, and it was all the Fraggle Rocks. And I was like, <laughs> it's like you're gonna need a room for this. Yeah, like what are you gonna do? Put you're it. You're gonna your need bed? a Fraggle room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> They're bringing Fraggle Rock back for, I, I think, know. HBO. Exciting times. I'm um, into it. Not into reboots, but this one I think they're going to do right. Yeah. I think when they, like, bring the Muppets back or the Fraggles or, like, it's usually fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fine to go. We're good, pro Fraggle. Yeah, yeah. We're pro Fraggle over we're here. pro Gobble Fraggle here. <laughs> Let's change gears and talk about there's an article in the Herald Media last week about how uh, zombie movies are taking over in Korea right now, uh, or have been, I guess, for the past couple decades. And they're basically predicting that it's coming back in America. There's a remake of Train to Busan coming to Hollywood that's going to, they're predicting, might kick off the next wave of zombie movies, um, which... That we've talked before about how, like, when a Republican is in office, there's an uptick in zombie movies because zombies, like, just the mindless groaning hordes is how Democrats view the Republicans. And then when there's a Democrat in office, there's an uptick in vampire movies because, like, Euro, like, sexual 
accented deviants is how Republicans view Democrats. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like now that we are, now that Trump happened, like all bets are off. It's like, we don't need a Republican to be in office to be afraid of, of the people nah. around us. I mean, dude, point. fucking the January 6th looked like fucking world war Z in a way. <laughs> really you know what did, I mean? Yeah. We just yeah. saw this fucking flow of bodies. Just like, what the fuck is going on here? It's yeah. yeah actual zombies like all of like those viral videos of people like banging on doors like let me in without a mask or whatever like yeah right full-on zombies yeah i'm actually kind of surprised like this article made me surprised that zombie movies haven't like started blowing up even more like more haven't been coming out in the past like first of all is just ahead of the game right always yeah because have you seen kingdom on netflix that series no. no, yo, that shit is dope. It's like a, it's like a period, like thriller piece, uh, like where it's like old school Korea, but then there's zombies on top of that shit. It's wow. that shit is wild. Um, but yeah, check that out on Netflix. I've, I'm like only through the first couple episodes, but yeah, there's like something I think yeah that they're sensing something <laughs> clearly uh, that because I feel like yeah the more we look at like our news. I'm also finding myself like interested in zombie content again. Yeah. Mm. Like I was like trying to like find this game. I just played left for dead where you, it's like four people fighting a bunch of zombies. I'm like, Oh, that's just tight. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think, cause I feel, yeah, there's on some level, there's like this feeling of like, is it me and a few other people? And then a lot of nonsense around. Right. Right. But yeah, also and- like they're starting to be so <laughs> realistic like the zombies in movies like they seem so much like people that i feel like they're gonna have to give them something like they they're gonna have to like start flying or something you know right oh right yeah 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 Yeah. some other power that to differentiate them from real people the ability to cancel anyone (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) don't go there miles Oh my god! On top of fearing that they're the four people fearing that they're gonna get eaten by zombies, they also fear that the zombies will cancel them. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what's worse? They're like, no, nah, but they might eat you. Like they can cancel you though. Well, hold on, that's that's a less of a threat well, to you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, to you, but like, there's only four of us left. <laughs> yeah. Still, still. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to wear this Blue Lives Matter shirt around them because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> what? They might tell their others. Oh, I don't know. You don't know. I don't oh, my God. Well, let's get work. Let's start working on this. Yes. Yeah, I think it's get funnier. A- I think it's funnier to just sort of lambast liberal politics with this than it would be the other way. I think it's just way f- in my mind. There's just way more. <laughs> there's There's way more to mine through like liberal thinking yes. than just being like. We get it. It's ignorance or whatever. This like high, like a high-minded idiot zombie who's like gonna cancel oh. you. And just be like, what the fuck? Right. Get out my yeah, face. yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and just the we're all ground into mindless automatons by by capitalism. So that's how we'll bring the country together through yeah. our our zombie show that makes fun of liberals. That liberals be like, oh yeah, there's something there. And then for people like on their right, like, yeah, fuck yeah, this shit's fucking great. <laughs> I like that you even added a little bit of chaw into the person's mouth who you were just impersonating. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck fucking, yeah, fucking horseshoe down here, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk some news. And we're back. And the January Sixers uh, continue. Your starting guard. Your. <laughs> January Sixers. <laughs> I do. Like, who would be the starting five? I mean, obviously, the Shaman is Embiid. Yeah. Um, Trump at the Trump running is playing point guard. Yeah. Q Shaman. I don't know. Is he like a small forward? Yeah, actually, maybe maybe Trump is Embiid. Uh, this is Bigo is we, center. Bigo is at the five. <laughs> the Arkansas dude who had his feet right. on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah. Um, yeah either yeah. way, posting I mean, that's up because he's all... <laughs> for real posting up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So this whole story it keeps evolving, or not evolving. They just there are more ridiculous <laughs> stories about the arrogance keeps going and entitlement. In a straight line. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what I thought it ended. I thought it was over. What the heck's uh-huh. going on? Um, so we talked about Federico Klein last week, who hey. sounds like the off-brand underwear designer, uh, but is actually uh, was a Trump State Department appointee, and how he was arrested for you know assaulting officers with a riot shield and other violent crimes and you know felonies. But either way, now that he's in custody, uh, he had some concerns about the conditions at his like hearing. He told the judge, "quote." I wonder if there's a place where I can stay in detention where I don't have cockroaches ca- crawling over me while I attempt to sleep. I mean, really, I-, I really haven't slept all that much, Your Honor. It would be nice if I could just sleep in a place where there were not cockroaches everywhere, Your Honor. Your Honor, uh, cockroaches much? <laughs> That's what it sounds like he's like being like sarcastic. Like, um, Your Honor, um, I'm Your a Honor? power user on TripAdvisor. <laughs> I could fuck this whole thing up with one review. Okay, right. so think about it before I before I leave a review in this courtroom and the detention facility here and wherever it was. I mean, wow. Okay, because uh, we've seen this this whole sense of like, but I'm white. Don't treat me yeah. like the other people. There's yeah. two justice systems. That's why I stormed the Capitol because I knew that. And now you want to treat me like every other person that you brutalize with your fucked up legal system? Hell no. So, I mean, oh, like, look, right. if Q Shaman got organic food and the other lady got to go to Cancun and the judge is like, yeah, you can go on your Cancun trip. I mean, honestly, he might be in the St. Regis by tonight. I mean, obviously, as a society, we should not be putting people in cages where uh cockroaches crawl over them uh period it's just wild that the only times we hear about it is when it happens to jeffrey epstein or or, uh somebody who was trying to overthrow the government while employed by the government right um basically republicans if it happens to republicans we hear about (laughs) right the other one is there was another guy who was at the at the capitol that day he was arrested at jfk because he attempted to flee to kenya on the oh, tw- word? so on the twenty fourth, he flew to Kenya, and then the Kenyans deported him last week. They're like, "Wait, what the fuck? No, uh, bye, <laughs> go." And then the FBI just got his ass at at uh, JFK. But again, uh, these are the kinds of uh, op- like you know, solutions adorned. that these people think will work. And the other man who was arrested, this guy, he was a business owner from Montana. So mm. yeah, Isaac Steve Sturgeon. Hmm. Uh yeah i've I've uh, read about this guy what what would you learn? I mean, it just reminded me of like 
in Queens, we have a lot of like racial because it's so diverse. We have a lot right. of like racial tension everywhere. Yeah. And I'm used to seeing white races do white racist stuff, then run home to co-op like black culture for their enjoyment. So like in this case, Isaac Sturgeon or whoever he is, right. he did his like white racist stuff in Capitol Hill, then like co-opted Africa. <laughs> like, right, just right. like basically, <laughs> he was like, I'm going Checking directly to the right. source. Here's my Costco card of white supremacy. I want to, I want to get Kenya. <laughs> I need to go back to the cradle of life. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking get down you know you feel me my newbie and kings and queens like wait what sir i'm sorry huh <laughs> but anyway fuck barack obama well hold on so, and then this is uh, uh, it's yeah it's just so confusing it must be exhausting but again uh he they found their way into the the wonderful embrace of the fbi mm. uh i do wonder if he was going over there to like on some birther shit to try and or like, like Montana sounds like you're a big game hunter and maybe you could uh, pretend you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to go kill African things to blow some steam off from <laughs> right, the insurrection. Right. But cause like that feels like a, you know, a, like I know there's a lot of big game. Like, what was the other story? Like in the beginning of the Trump administration, some like big game hunters from Montana and stuff going to wherever, but yeah, could be it. I don't know. But either mm. way, didn't work. The point about it being exhausting, uh, Kind of brings me to this last thing I wanted to just bring up in the context. This is sort of an ongoing question, but uh, like I was saying in the intro, uh, Adam Curtis, his name is the uh, documentary director of Hypernormalization, uh, just released a six-part documentary on the BBC, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Uh, you can find it. You can watch it on YouTube uh, for free. Like one of the arguments that he makes uh, is that culture like both online culture uh and culture like music movies tv like the sh sort of shit that uh culture wars are fought over is something that has been like almost created by the current like system of power as a release valve to like get the revolutionary energy out of us um, and the way he illustrates this is uh, with Tupac's mother, who was a, you know, incredible revolutionary, a Black Panther who defended herself in court for a bombing plot she was entrapped into and both got herself and all the other Black Panthers acquitted and also got the undercover FBI agent to admit that what they'd done together when he was pretending to be part of the Black Panther movement was beautiful. Like, it's... It's like I'm out of a movie, like wow, how, like the rom com where it's like, yeah. but even though I was duplicitous, those times were beautiful, babe. Yeah, and like their goal was beautiful, the goal of the Black right. Panther movement, Liberation. as they're trying to make her seem like a villain. And then he kind of says, so Tupac inherits this legacy, and he has all the trappings of like revolution and the energy of a revolutionary, but it's sort of pushed off into this direction of more individualistic artistic expression and you know that's sort of the other side of the coin like kind of a more straightforward example would be the culture war shit and like us arguing over culture war shit when you know there is there are people who are starving in america um and so he kind of does a uh historical look at this 
through and like sort of the prism of U.S. Chinese uh, British history uh, over the last like seventy years, like through this dichotomy of like individualism versus collectivism, and like how individualism has won out and put us in this like version of reality that we live in now, where Oof. we're sublimating our anxieties and like anxieties that are caused by structural problems uh through like individual expression with no aim but like the beauty of art and that like makes us less empowered would be i guess an argument that he raises mm. uh, and i don't know i thought that was interesting but just kind of in the context of the culture war i mean yeah if you can swap out your energy for outrage over children being killed in the middle east or you know starving american kids or unarmed black people being killed for getting into like well hold on man lola bunny's titties should look a certain <laughs> size like right yeah we're fucking you've completely lost the plot yeah. um and it's hard to like refocus things or try and get a media to like focus refocus things on like when you have these other things you can kind of like you're saying this release valve and get your anger out on this completely misguided misdirected way but it's a like if it's as cynical as like we're kind of looking at this of how it organically becomes a system guarding itself against revolutionary action and ideation, then it's like very elegant and you're like, holy shit. I think also in like a very dystopian way, it is so much easier to, let's call it, bully a studio into removing a character because they care exclusively about money mm -hmm. and just like, okay, everyone's mad, let's take them out. Whereas, you know, affecting real change is fucking hard and the and the Absolutely. gatekeepers are the government you know and the government doesn't give a fuck right like corporations give a fuck because their bottom line will hurt yeah government they don't give a fuck they're not even sending out checks you know like it doesn't matter if it's biden's government or trump's it's, it's, it's always going to be yeah more difficult to affect change within the government so it's like it's like this it's, it's a release valve but like we continuously see change i want to use a funny example of like the, even this just as simple as like the sonic the hedgehog uh, movie where they were like he looks too human right. this movie sucks right and so they like literally redid the movie right yeah because the people spoke and and then it's like we won you know and and it's easier to win that way it feels like you're winning yeah when you're having these conversations that like technically don't matter because well, yeah. or don't matter as much and you compare that to the millions of people who pour into the streets over the summer uh you know against systemic racism and over policing and things like that and it's like can't get a fucking dub there right nope, nope. at most you and got joe biden being like shoot him in the leg or fucking how about like we ask nicely for people to show their hands before we start clapping like it's not it well, that's really we needed sonic the hedgehog results there you know what i right. mean and i think that's exactly yeah i really like that to put it that way it's like we we're looking for sonic type responses right. um mm -hmm. but we get in these sonic type arguments all the time so it's completely yeah obscures the energy and and puts it in many different directions yeah and those those movements happened when culture kind of ground to a halt so i mean that would be another piece of evidence that like there's something about this distracting kind of constant cultural you know conversation and especially like these current culture war things that are conversations completely started by the right wing that that is just you know siphoning off energy that is much better spent elsewhere 
Well, all right. So there's a uh, an Atlantic article that's kind of on this subject of like the brain fog and like the fact that we can't really remember what things were like before. I can't remember what things are like now, uh, right. let alone what things were like before. And like, I, I think I was describing the fact that like when I like started parking in this building, I could remember like where I parked, but after like four months of parking in the building, I had no idea because each memory was just like going into this sea of like nearly identical memories. And so it was just like, and like, that's how I feel about every day now. It's mm -hmm. like every day just goes into this sea of nearly identical days and I have no kind of frame of reference or like, you know, point to orient things around. And that's kind of part of this theory. This guy, Mike Yassa, who's a neuroscientist at UC Irvine, says uh, that we're all basically walking around with some mild cognitive impairment uh, right. based on everything we know about the brain. Two of the things that are really good for it are physical activity and novelty. A thing that's very bad for it is chronic and perpetual stress. And basically living through a pandemic is exposing people to micro doses of unpredictable stress all the time. Yeah. Like feeling like your things are it, out yeah. of your control is one of the greatest uh, causes of stress or contributors, exacerbators of stress. Um, and I feel like we've all felt that way a little bit. Yeah. The other thing I hear is this, like calling it cascading collective trauma is the other way I've heard this talked about. Yeah. Where it's this, again, it's every level. It's COVID. It's economic recession. It's racial unrest. It's disaster, like natural disasters. So right. like, yeah, we're, and then on top of it, there's like a media environment too that I've seen saying is compounding these stresses. Just by, right. by the kind of media you ingest on top of it is just a recipe for like, yeah, just consistent, like low grade trauma that is, you know, building up over time. It's a little tough. Yeah. Is that why Thai Caves feels like it was, you know, two decades ago? <laughs> exactly. Like, did no. they have cell phones back then? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, they had uh, divers? Were they going around in those like copper helmets, like those old diving bells? <laughs> are they okay did they come out all right did they if grow i tug up, on the cord like... uh... <laughs> yeah the kids are all right i think there's just the one i think they're one person now. yeah exactly at this point right they're like yeah they're in their 60s i think yeah, yeah they got grandkids they're doing all right uh, dally have you done anything like in terms of addressing the monotony of lockdown like how, have you created strategies to combat these things are you even experiencing something like that because i feel like people have different resiliency levels when it comes to the, the lockdown i feel I'm definitely experiencing that. It's actually very cathartic to read like terms that like language for it. Um, right. Because I kind of thought I was just getting old and losing my memory. But uh, <laughs> right. it seems like it's a bit deeper than that. So, yeah, definitely. I um, I've been I'm a stand up comedian. So I all my shows have had to go on Zoom now. And, right. Um, it's it's not ideal, but it's also a great way to keep talking to people. Um, if I don't do those, I'm just talking to my dogs and that's insane because right. I talk to them with this voice and I can't <laughs> do that voice all day. So it's, um, that's one thing that helps kind of just, I have something to look forward to a few times a week. Um, and it does kind of break the monotony, but 
other than that, it's so hard for me to remember when things happened. I'm like, was that early in the pandemic? Was that five years ago? I don't know. Oh, I've yeah. been trying. I've also been trying to do like morning pages, which is just like, um, it's like the artist way, like journaling. Yeah. Um, I do like 750 words every morning just to like articulate what is triggering depression or just vent or just talk about or what just articulating I did thoughts. Right? Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I did this week. <laughs> right. So, um, that's been extremely helpful. Just getting, um, one of my, uh, friends, one of my comedy friends said, it's kind of like, um, taking a shit in the morning. It's just kind of like you get that out of your system. Right. Right. And, um, that's been really helpful for me. Your first 750 words. My first then, 750 yeah. turds. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Having uh, dogs is good, too. They force you to go outside and right. fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Are, nice. But, like, with kids, though, Jack, doesn't that, doesn't that somehow break it up? Or there is also a pattern, too, with, like, the ebb and flow of them with yeah, their they schoolwork. Yeah, they definitely things like break things up, for sure. It's just, like, every other part of the life that's, like, framing it. And just physical location. I remember watching my nieces and nephews. Like, right. over, like I remember that's like those are the parts of the pandemic I remember, like doing it safely and being like, yeah, like, well, we could watch the kids for a little. I remember that because it's like ah, there's so much going on. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the COVID stuff, the funny thing and there's this other research paper that, you know, they're they're talking about the just cascading trauma effect or whatever. And they're saying, so what do we do about it? What do you think the solution is from experts just in general? How can we remedy what's happening for people that are stressed out right now? What do you think the solution is to this? The the pandemic being over? I don't know. <laughs> or, Avoiding. you know, what can the government do? You know, like right. help people. That's all they're right. saying. They're like the trauma is compounded when on top of it, there are people who are being like, I have no like there's no I have nowhere to turn. Yeah. I'm not yeah. getting educated. I'm not getting PPE. I'm not getting rights as a worker. They're saying all of these things would be just particularly effective um, for like those that are, you know, especially at higher risk for, for COVID and things like that. So it's just like a, you know, it's like the simplest things, but we're just would we'll never, I don't know, just cross the river, cross the Rubicon into like help. Yeah. Without strings I mean, it's attached. a, America's always been like a, a very like cold world and uh I think this is just like laying bare how like live and let die like with the emphasis on the uh let die side right. of things uh it really is shit well what a way to end things all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about cocaine bear <laughs> Paddington's fucked up cousin <laughs> And we're back. All right, let's talk about Dog Gate, or I don't know, I don't know what the fuck they're gonna call this uh, in the right wing media, but it is, it was the top story on Breitbart uh, when it happened. President Biden's dog bit someone and had to be uh, moved to a different location uh, because, yeah. And I mean, this is, you would think actually, like. My main takeaway from the story is not the, uh, you know, uh, full of shitness of the right wing media, because like that is a given at this point. 
my main takeaway from this story that uh, our writer JM submitted is that like there must be something about being a dog at the White House that just turns you into a complete asshole because the <laughs> the record of dogs biting. So he's pointing out in this article like this happens almost every White House. Like Obama uh, took lots of shit because his dog uh, right before he left office, his dog Sonny bit one of Malia's friends on the face. Uh, which that's no joke, a dog bite on Whoa. the face. Like I know people who had to have a uh, reconstructive surgery for dog bites on the face. Like that's, that's no joke. Uh, yeah. George W. Bush's dog Barney bit two people, a, huh. uh, a PR person for the Boston Celtics and a reporter. Um, the Jenna Bush later described the dog as a, a real jerk. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Which, you know, it's serious. Uh, yeah. That, like bringing like up conservative white woman language saying a dog's a real jerk is like that person mauled that dog mauled <laughs> like nine babies. It's a, it's a monster. And then you go back to FDR. Uh, he had a German shepherd like Biden named major like Biden. So that was clearly not accidental. Uh, he bit four people, including the British prime minister, <laughs> actually ripped the seat off his pants. No, <laughs> like a fucking cartoon. Yeah, like Benny a Hill. cartoon. Uh, reporters at the time made a big deal of the fact that they were just like, ah, it's uh, Germany attacking Great Britain because it was a German <laughs> shepherd. And, the, you know, the, that was the big, the big thing back then. Uh, <laughs> big tension. Back then. And then. The story? No, no. And then Teddy Roosevelt's dog, Pete, uh, routinely bit people who displeased him, including naval officers, cabinet members, police officers, diplomats. Uh, at one point, he chased the French ambassador down the halls of the White House, caught him, and tore, again, tore the backside of his pants off. Uh, okay, hold on. Is that really... Now Now this sounds like a weird bit, and we're, we're, we're getting, like, hyperbolic. <laughs> historians snapple, are just like... Caps. Right. <laughs> right. Historians are just fucking with us. Uh, I don't know. Every two, two times a dog's ripping the butt off a dignitary's pants, like some kind of... Like, it's truly like a comic strip, where the most embarrassing thing is, like, the dog bit his butt, and the... And his underwear was exposed. <laughs> but I do um, wonder. A sad know. untold story here. <laughs> it's, it's the one dog, uh, Major, who's young, who did the biting. But it's two dogs that are be that got deported from the White House. It's Damn. because of Major. So there's an older dog, Champ, who's like an old man, and he's paying the collective, you know, punishment uh. for 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 Major's uh, uh, accusations. Right, that's some bullshit. Yeah, accusations because that's what they are. Right, Right, exactly. I don't see their tape, their allegations, and honestly, shame on whoever you snitched on that dog. There should be there should be problems for that person. But like you know, there there is that relationship between uh, owner and dog, and you know, like the the presidency. We've also seen that it like ages people, like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Like it's just not good for the soul so i just wonder like is a dog of a president just like inherently just goes goes dark on on the people right yeah i don't know do you think it's because like the environment is just overly stimulating like it's just like or i don't know i mean i don't know how the residential quarters work of the white house and where dogs live or don't live but i felt like 
if I'm picturing the show The West Wing and a confused ass dog being like, right. what the fuck are all these people doing? Like, ah, just like a lot of walking people. and talking, <laughs> yeah. the dog just trailing behind. And also, like, everybody's going to be differential to the dog. And so that's probably not the, the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, the dog's shitting on people's stuff and they can't say anything because it's right. biting his dog. And they're like, this <laughs> shit all over my. <laughs> I'm gonna, I swear to God, I'm gonna punch the dog if this does if it right. happens again. They're like, it the shit was in the shape of the presidential seal. Like, you, <laughs> I can't do anything. About it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, it's, yeah. That, it's the dog in that probably house. assumes that the dog is president, like because it doesn't know any better, and everyone's oh, just right. being like, yo, like just treating it like it it runs shit. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's like, where's the nuclear football toy that you can play catch with me in the in the rose garden with? Right. And we don't have like because uh, the media didn't, you know, fully report honestly on on presidents before Nixon. Basically, we we don't know how many presidents actually how many of those presidents were actually biting people. So mm. that's always Fair. a possibility too. All right, let's talk about Elizabeth Banks's <laughs> new movie. Uh, Elizabeth Banks directed Pitch Perfect, I think. Is Pitch Perfect right? 2. Th- yeah, one of the or sequels. One of the sequels. One of, and then I Charlie's think... Angels was the latest mm-hmm. one. Right. So, uh, you know, she's also a famous actress who you would know from many a 90s like anything. movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Hunger Games would be, uh, our younger listeners would probably recognize her from. But, uh, so her latest movie is called Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that really like I'm I'm looking at her IMDb filmography, and they might be using a different name for it. Uh, really under director. Yeah, under director. They've uh, yeah, maybe I don't know, or they're just I think it, no, well, it hasn't gone into production yet. Got it. So okay. maybe they are um waiting to actually like fully fully announce that. Got it. But anyway, yeah, she's got the she's got the new movie coming out. And I thought Cocaine Bear was like, okay, maybe this will be a hilarious comedy, uh, and right. maybe or a really ridiculous film or something. It's a like, fucking true story about mm. a bear that ate a bunch of cocaine in the eighties mm-hmm. and died. So mm. I was like, okay, so it's a short movie. But the whole thing is, they say in December nineteen eighty five, a bear was walking around the Chattahoochee Oconee National Forest in Georgia, minding okay. its own business. Again, made when up it, <laughs> when it found. 40 plastic bags of cocaine worth $15 million, ate them, and then died. The medical examiner who performed an autopsy on the bear said the cause of death was uh, cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hyperthermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke. You name it, the bear had it. Its stomach was, quote, literally packed to the brim with cocaine, end quote. There wasn't a mammal on the planet who could survive that. That makes me feel so bad for yeah, the bear. Yeah, that is very sad. I'm also wondering what our plot is here. Right. <laughs> well, I mean... as a screenwriter, let me tell you what I would do. <laughs> What's <laughs> the inciting incident? When the coke falls on the bear's head from the sky? Right. <laughs> um, oh, I'm also seeing here that um, you. I'm looking at a Hollywood Reporter article. Universal is behind Cocaine Bear, which is based on an untitled spec script. So, yeah, I think they probably just are like, untitled Cocaine Bear project. Right. Uh, but I think they should just keep the the title oh, Cocaine absolutely. Bear. Why yeah. not? I mean, so the the origin story, I think that's what the film will probably center around how that blow got to the bear. 
Got it. And it turns mm-hmm. out that it was a man named Andrew Thornton who was a like a corrupt narcotics cop who then transitioned to international drug smuggling kingpin. Amazing how those things happen sometimes. And so it all happened when one day he was doing, I guess, a massive transport of cocaine and there's some engine trouble occurred. And so he got spooked and started dumping as much of the blow out the plane's doors as he could. And that's mm-hmm. when I think the shit got into the forest where the bear got to it. And then he he tried to jump out with a parachute. But unfortunately, he was holding 70 pounds of cocaine, a ton of cash and guns that the weight was fucked up and his his chute didn't deploy properly because the load was too much. And then he died and they discovered him literally like with next to a 70 pound pile of blow with guns and like money Whoa. dead in the forest. Wow. Still um, not sure what the mean. <laughs> like what? How, how do we center the bear in this? Maybe the uh, well, cocaine bear was inside all of us all along. <laughs> like that's, cocaine Maybe. bear is us. Here's what I would do. I would really take a lot of liberties with the right. story and do some pretty major world building where the bear comes upon the cocaine, eats it, and then rather than dies a tragic death, um, develops superpowers right. and then mm. becomes a superhero bear, a super bear. Yeah. I mean, the spec script was actually written by the bear before it died of a cocaine overdose. <laughs> so that might. <laughs> it was etched into a tree trunk with its claws. And then People I'm thinking, man, like maybe. Story. Oh, yeah, man. I, and I can see fucking so good at night now. So yeah. then I get night vision. And then, yeah, I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> and it launched three restaurants in the. Yeah. <laughs> Some sick underground bear speakeasies. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I, I like world building. I would like some world building around there. Mm-hmm. I just the I get. I mean, like the story of this Andrew Thornton person seems fine, but I mean, what of this bear? Like, I think I think the movie would be great if the entire film is about the bear and the last shot is the cocaine coming down from the sky. Mm-hmm. So it's just the bear that movie where it's like <laughs> following a bear around the forest. Yeah, yeah. Or that one movie um, with Danny DeVito, Jack the Bear. Wasn't that right. one with Danny DeVito? Oh, wow. And my, yeah. I thought I knew my bear movies. I thought but... that was a porn, Jack the Bear. <laughs> That's a different uh, one. Oh, okay. I got, yeah. it, I got it. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the Marshall Herskovitz uh, director. Could also be um, Brother Bear, that uh, Disney vehicle from the early 2000s yeah. that we all know and love. Um, maybe maybe it's uh, The Revenant. Right, um, from the Revenant. The bear yeah. from the Revenant okay. could be uh, they make time it, travel. Yeah, it's just going through <laughs> different movies, like it's in its own mind, because it's so fun. Yeah. Again, it's uh, in, we're still talking about a, a fucking animal that ingested forty pounds of cocaine, okay. and a, a, it's a mess. Its body was a mess. It's wild how quickly the bear, because cocaine is, I can't imagine it tastes good to bears. Uh, but it yeah. very quickly was like, holy shit, I got to get more, <laughs> you know? They're like, um, oh, like, man, I don't want to, I'm coming down, bro. Let me keep some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40 pounds worth. How oh about it? Oh, my gosh. Um, unless it maybe it was cut heart. with, like, NutraSweet or mm. uh, Sweet and Low or... Yeah, or, like, Baby Laxative, for baby sure. Baby Laxative, yeah. I think, I mean, this is it, this is Elizabeth Banks' third, fi- or, well, actually, no, she's had, she's directed a few things, but... I'm I'm really curious to see what this how this all turns up. Like it's just 
it it's compelling in that it's so vague but has these odd specifics and i'm like right. where do we mm-hmm. how do where where can we go with this mm. guide me cocaine bear that is a wild true story i mean you could it could literally go in so many directions but did you see um robert evans's tweet about it um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he said this is the only movie we have needed since Fury Road. So, <laughs> thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.